celebrating these United States, President Roosevelt listens to a story. We give the boot to King George and Cousin Eddie saves the nation. He dances like George Cohan, but I dress like George Washington. We are two real reviewers. God, you come up with some good ones, I tell you. I was, I, I immediately, last, our last movie I watched last night, uh, Rod, was Independence Day uh, for our review. And the first thing I thought of was, oh boy, Cousin Eddie. <laughs> Cousin I Eddie. Com I completely forgot he was in that movie. but uh, I did too. And when they started rolling the opening credits, I went, okay, well, part of my show prep's already done because I'm going to make a Cousin Eddie reference. So, yeah, we're, uh, there's, it, it's, you know, like I said, he, Angela asked me why I think so odd of that young man or that man, excuse me. And it's because he's, he's kind of gone off the deep end a little bit, but I guess in 2020, that's normal. <laughs> it is for a lot of people. We, however, are celebrating the birth of America in 1776. Yes. Monty and I are decked out in, in at least red right. uh, on, on Friday as we're podcasting on Friday. How was your 4th of July celebration? Um, went to a friend's house that had a huge backyard. Everybody kept their social distancing. We fired a few guns in the air with blanks, ate some great food, talked to some good people, but... Uh, it wasn't your typical 4th of July, I can tell you that much. So, I agree. It was pretty lackluster. We made the best of it. It was a big disappointment not to have fireworks, at least the legal kind. Right. Uh, although my neighbors decided that they were junior uh, fireworks specialists. Um, <laughs> but it definitely was a different feeling. But I, I, I saw some people post some things like, what, what was fireworks? Uh, buy one, get 56438 for free. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it seems like. It has been, oh, the neighbors. And it. I think it's been 4th of July for about a month now. I agree with that. Same <laughs> Same here in Orange County for sure. We uh, And our dogs go crazy every single time. I have one that comes through our fence, upstairs, and hides. And the other one barks at every firecracker out there like he's saving the world. So, Speaking but, of saving the world like Cousin Eddie did. <laughs> we have three movies for our listeners this week that are all about America. Yes. And I guess we're going we're gonna to start with the oldie but a goodie, and we're going to let you lead off with Yankee Doodle Dandy. I, uh, I picked this movie just because we haven't done a classic film in a while since Cape Fear, the original. So um, going back to 1942, Yankee Doodle Dandy is a American uh, biographical musical film, uh, which seemed to be a little bit of a theme again for us today, this week. Uh, it is about George M. Cohan, known as the man who owned Broadway. It stars James Cagney, John Leslie, um, Walter Houston, and Richard Warfan, and features Irene Manning. Uh, George Tobias, Rosemary DeCamp, uh, and uh, James Cagney's sister, Jeannie Cagney. Uh, so the film was written by Robert Buckner and Emin Joseph and directed by Michael Kurtz. Uh, basically, it starts off uh, in the early days of World War II. Cohan, who was played by uh, James Cagney, uh, comes out of retirement to star as President Roosevelt uh, in the Rodgers and Hart musical, I'd Rather Be Right. On the first night, he's summoned to meet the president. Um, and he receives a Congressional uh, Gold Medal. 
uh, once he's in there, he actually has a sort of a film flashback type thing in their version of it in 1942. Uh, and it goes back to when Cohan was supposedly born on July 4th, whilst his father was performing on a vaudeville stage. Uh, Cohan and his sister join the family act as they get older. Uh, they can, they dance, they sing, and sooner or later, Cohan basically takes over everything. Um, he has written such great movies or songs such as Over There and uh, uh, The Grand Old Flag. So basically, it's a, it's a movie that has been uh, referencing the life of George M. Cohan. And to be honest with you, when I watched this film, James Cagney, I've always known him to be the guy that's always played the mobster or the bad guy or the action pact. He was basically our action hero in 1942, what we have today in the guise of, you know, um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and you can go down to like Tom Cruise and, and all these action stars. Um, he was the 1942 version of it. He always played in the gangster roles. Um, so it was really, uh, it was fun to watch this movie. The songs were, the soundtrack was absolutely amazing. Um, I'm glad that I watched it. There are some parts in there, though, did not know about, which, you know, um, you had referenced through Turner Classic uh, Movies that you watch this on. And I'll let you talk about that when we get down the line. Um, but it's for the two hour and six minutes, I enjoyed it. I, I absolutely enjoyed it and thought to myself, gosh, you know, uh, these are, uh, this is the reason why I love theater so much. Um, I, that's one of the things people don't know about me is I actually have a little bit of a, a love passion for, for theater. I've seen Phantom of the Opera. I've seen Chicago. Um, and I will continue to go to the theater once it comes back available, but, uh, would, um, you know, including the movie that we you will review next is your pick Hamilton. Um, I enjoyed everything. Now the thing about, um, Yankee doodle dandy is, um, the film was a major hit for Warner Brothers. It was nominated for eight Academy Awards, and it won three, including James Cagney's role uh, as uh, George M. Cohan for Best Actor. And just so you know, which is really shocking to me, that's his only Oscar win. James Cagney right. was is is put into the archives as one of the um, highest ranked actors in our in the industry. And he only had one Oscar. I mean, that blows me away. I feel like he's been robbed somewhere down the line. So, um, again, it's a great movie. I think if anybody gets a chance to see it, the part that I loved was the ending. Um, when he walked out, he comes back. You know, like I said, this is a sort of a flashback. So at the end, when he's basically full of retirement and it's done with, he walks out and it's the start of World War II or end of World War II, no, start of World War II. And they're marching in the streets and they're all singing over there. He's marching next to these soldiers and he's not singing. Then the one soldier turns to him and says, do you not know the song? And he goes, no, I, I do. And he goes, well, I don't hear any singing out of you. And uh, thinking that he didn't, he didn't recognize who he was. And then all of a sudden Cohen starts singing. Um, so I love the fact that that part was, that's how they ended it. I thought they ended it on a really cool note. So great job uh, in this movie for even the, the, how they wrote, had the stage set up, the dancing. I could not believe how talented James Cagney was on stage. It blew me, it blew me away. He is an actor that has been stereotyped. And, mm -hmm. and typecast he was always the tough guy 
Right. Hey, tough guy. <laughs> and the fact that he was by trade, you know, a dancer and a singer and had more theatrical, you know, on stage type skills mm-hmm. than being a tough guy. I did not know until I started doing research after I watched this movie. Yes. Uh, I've seen this movie before. Uh, and, and I want to say that it was in, in elementary or junior high school. And it, it was, it was in an auditorium with a bunch of other kids, none of us who were paying attention. Right. And <laughs> very honest with you, Monty, I honestly thought that the two songs that are featured in this movie over there and grand old flag, right. They were written at the same time that the Star-Spangled Banner was written. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that the, those songs came out of a movie, let alone this one. Right. It, it, in a way, it, it made me feel like a, a bad American because I did not know this oh, about yeah. those two songs that are handled very much like the National Anthem. Um, Orson Welles at one point made a comment that he thought that it was quite possible that James Cagney was the best actor in the 40s and the 50s. Mm-hmm. That's high praise coming from someone like Orson Welles. And to take it a step further, that Cagney's sister was mm-hmm. in the movie as yes. well. Playing his sister mm-hmm. would not have even known that unless I had, I had recognized it when, when the, the credits were closing. Um, I thought this was the best movie of the week of the three that, that we, that we reviewed. This is the sort of movie that I know I'll watch every 4th of July right. in, in the same way that there are certain movies that I watch over Christmas time. Mm-hmm. White Christmas. Well, Christmas story, a miracle on 34th street is, has gotten a lot of, of, of accolades for me over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. This is one of those keepers that I know I'll watch. It, the, 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 the entertainment value of it is so strong. The acting in it is so strong. The patriotism that is conveyed in this movie is very strong as well. This is a must watch. This is absolutely a must watch. You, you, you finally broke your streak of <laughs> Mickey Awards. All right, so no Mickey Awards here at all. This movie was an absolute beaut, and it got four red vines from me. That's that's right where I'm at. I was going to go with four popcorns. Some of the things that I love about this is not only it was it uh, James Cagney's um, first, or excuse me, uh, only Oscar, um, but it, he was the first actor to win an Oscar for a musical performance. Um, also love the fact that he broke a rib while filming one of the dance scenes, but he continued to keep dancing until it was completed. Um, love the line. Um, Angela's noticed it right, right away. My mother thanks you. My father thanks you. My sister thanks you. And I thank you. Um, I love that line as well because we've heard it a thousand times over as other people have, have quoted it in their movies. Um, it was it is one of the funnest movies that I can watch, even though there's certain things in there. Um, based on what's going on back in 1942. The movie itself was about the guy who made Broadway what it was. And there are little scenes that he did in this movie 
um, that Jace Cagney did makes me wonder if Cohen, Cohen did really did this. And that was the one scene where he's standing next to basically a print poster of um, his, his Broadway show. And one of the competitors was come up to him at the end there and he's going on about there and they're going back and forth because they are acting as if they truly don't know each other and they're putting each other's plays down and saying they're hacks and you're a hack and that guy's a hack and this 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 going back and at the end he's like you know i'm i'm george m cohen and he's like and i'm so and so and he's like hey let me buy you a beer and they go off and they go get a beer and and you know i, I love that because that was a great way to show companionship even through, or not companionship, um, friendliness even through competitiveness. So I thought that was really cool. Um, definitely we'll watch this and we'll put this on my 4th of July list, just as you had mentioned as well. So um, enjoyed that. And um, so exci excited for our 4th of July theme and looking forward to what our next review is going to be. Well, the next uh, feature that we have today is Disney Plus giving us the chance to see what has easily been the rage for, you know, all playgoers over the past three or four years. Uh, what was brought to screen were a handful of stage performances of Hamilton uh, from 2016. Uh, it, I will say it was an interesting way to, to try and let us get a, a glimpse of what everybody's been talking about. There's right. no question that, that this play uh, has, has, is the modern day equivalent of some other great stage productions uh, that we've seen uh, in the past. Mm -hmm. um, Lin-Manuel Miranda did virtually everything in this feature. Uh, he wrote the book that the play is based on. He wrote the music. And oh, by the way, uh, he stars <laughs> as Hamilton. The, the play brought to screen recaps the life of one of our founding fathers, Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton was this country's first secretary of the treasury. And during the Revolutionary War, Hamilton interacts with the first president of the United States, George Washington, Aaron Burr, and Thomas Jefferson, among others. But the production is not just about the Revolutionary War and being a statesman and being the Secretary of the Treasury, it gives us a glimpse of, of Hamilton's life as well, uh, particularly uh, the interesting angle where two sisters uh, vie for his affection, uh, Eliza and Angelica, mm -hmm. but Eliza ends up being successful in marrying uh, Hamilton there's a bit of smut that's showcased when Hamilton himself publishes details of an affair he had with one Maria Reynolds, and that ends up breaking the heart uh, of, of Eliza. Uh, the, the, the play wraps up and concludes with a duel between Hamilton and Aaron Burr, who is now a rival, and Hamilton basically throws the duel he, he aims his gun, not at Aaron Burr, but mm -hmm. elsewhere. But this is how Alexander Hamilton ultimately is killed. And Aaron Burr is left with the legacy that he is the one that, that killed uh, Alexander Hamilton. Mm -hmm. The story is historical. So it, it's, it's, it's factual. Everything that's contained within the production is based on what 
many of us learned in U.S. history classes. And there's no, there's no denying what happened. I enjoyed the angle of more of his personal life, more than his politics, in terms of his participation in the war, his close relationship with Washington, his, adversar his ultimate adversarial relationship with Aaron Burr, uh, the way that England was looking at the effort to break away, as the United States did, and the story itself is based on history enough that it's something that you've heard before. It wasn't a completely unfamiliar story with the exception of, of a lot of the, the, the personal information that, that we, we received. So as, as much praise as this, the play gets and tickets are hard to come by and people are lined up around the theater to go, I just have to ask one question. Mm -hmm. What's all the fuss about? Really? There was way too much singing and dancing. In, the, in fact, the <laughs> well, whole, it's a musical. The whole thing, but the whole thing was singing and dancing yes. compared to our earlier movie. There's singing and dancing in Yankee Doodle Dandy, mm. but the singing and dancing is intertwined with storylines between the family when uh, George Cohan is trying to get his play uh, published or produced and brought to life. This entire Hamilton production, there's no dialogue. It's all singing and dancing. Mm. It's, it's very possible to me that I would go to a theater and see this and I'd have a much different impression. I think Disney swung and miss at bringing a play production to the, to the small screen. Okay. I, I really liked the storyline, but it didn't translate well to TV. Based on history, it's a, it's a great story. And the characters themselves, particularly King George. King George was my favorite character that was featured in this, but I was bitterly disappointed that this did not live up to the hype that I've read and heard about it over the past few years. All right, well, I am going to try to pick up my bottom lip because I'm really shocked at this. Uh, it, the only thing that was wrong for me is it's really hard to hang tough for two hours and 40 minutes. This probably is something that you, Rod, would need to see at the theater, you know, in, in, a, in a Broadway play. Um, I give a lot of props to Lin-Manuel Lin Miranda um, for what he has done in this thing. This was a part of him that basically, when you look at it from his perspective, this is a guy that, that was sputtering around, doing this, doing that, here and there, and all this stuff. And he decided, you know what, I'm going to take on this book um, and I'm going to turn it into one of the biggest of uh, uh, what's the word I want to look for? Now, biggest events in a sense, um, you know, the, that there is and put it on stage and I'm going to write the songs to it and I'm going to write this. And he's gone on. He, he wrote songs for Moana. Um, he's done. He did an episode where I first found who he was. He was actually a very small actor on. 
uh, How I Met Your Mother in one episode called uh, Bedtime Stories. And he wrote all the songs and rhymes in there. And I love that. Um, it was something where when you say, hey, look, if I can't get to do it, no one wants me to do it. I'm going to go do it and start my own path. And I feel like that's what he did here. Um, I sent Gup and my wife to see this in, in Broadway. Unfortunately, I was unable to go at the time. Um, they absolutely loved it. Um, and not in Broadway, excuse me, in uh, LA um, at the theaters and absolutely loved it. It's received numerous awards. Um, and so for me, I'm, I am shocked. I know the storyline was there as far as historical is concerned. I love the twist that he put on it with all the music. It, it reminds me a little bit of, of Les Miserables where it was a constant singing and it's like everything that needed to be told is sung. And I kind of put it in that perspective. And I think maybe because I knew going into it, that's what it was going to be. So that's where I really, really enjoyed this. And, and, you know, you're talking about um, one of the highest rated shows currently right now, there are close to 18,000 people have written a review on internet movie database, just off of the, uh, my assumption would be just off of the movie itself that's been out on Disney plus. Um, and they've rated nine out of 10. I mean, that's a very, very high rating. And I myself would rate it very high um, for me. So um, sorry you feel that way, but, but we're not always going to agree. Uh, but I think I thought it was a great movie. I, I truly enjoyed it and, you know, found myself singing along with it. I mean, my daughter's got shirts. She's got bracelets. Kayla just absolutely, our guppy, just absolutely loves Hamilton. And uh, so kind of shocked, but uh, I, I would rate it up and then I'm going to give it a four out of five of popcorns. I didn't hate it. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I didn't I, hate I, it. Before we go any further, I want to let you know we're on Zoom and I lost your video so I can hear you, but I can't see you. And it, oh. I'm, I'm weird about that right now. I don't know why. It's freaking me out. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly hoping that we. There you are. All right. <laughs> all, our, all of our fans, guys, I got to see Rod's pretty face when he's when he's talking to me. So <laughs> Par, pardon the uh, pardon the momentary technical difficulty. I didn't hate it. I, okay. I, I didn't hate it. And maybe there was a little more uh, a bigger set of expectations that had been set because everything you read and hear about is how great this play is. Mm. And I'll go see it if, if, if given the opportunity. I'd be happy to. I have the same affinity for, for onstage productions as you do. And I, I'd have no trouble in doing so. I just didn't think it translated well to television. That, well, that was what, that's what disappointed me, along with the fact that everything was done in song. And mm. It's a different approach. It's pretty innovative. You don't see that too often. You don't hear that too often. Mm. I didn't hate it, um, but it definitely was a disappointment given where I thought it was going to be when we talked about it at this time last week. Right. Well, I, and I could see that because if you look at Les, Les Mis, again, there's that one when they moved it from theater to the big screen, they made a movie out of it. Right. They didn't just show basically what was at one point just a live Broadway production. So I think there's a little bit of, of difference there where people, I think, had a different expectation when they went to go see it on, on Disney+. Plus. Well, it, it came, I mean, it came through as, as if you and I had been sitting in the front row right. filming it with our phones. And 
I'm, I'm glad that Disney, I, I applaud Disney for, for giving its customers something new to take a look at in lieu of a, an actual movie being made, which are, is it, is it going to be that much longer before this is actually made into a movie? I bet you it is. Oh, I, I, I with I, the, don't you think? Well, with all the money that's being generated, the reviews that are being regenerated and the fan base that it's, it's received. I mean, you can go, you can't go into one of these teen stores in the mall now and not see a Hamilton shirt or see a Hamilton pen Spencer's all of them. They all have it. Um, you can go online. They have a, a huge collection on Amazon of anything that's Hamilton. Um, so I know that, I mean, from necklaces to bracelets, to earrings, to shirts, to wigs, I mean, they have all of it. You can get his costume for Halloween. So definitely, it's definitely going to be something that you'll see in a, in a full blown movie and, and probably Gerard Butler will play in that with Hugh Jackman. <laughs> now, did you hear they're going to put Frozen 2 and, and cross over Hamilton with Frozen 2 and they're just going to call it Burr? <laughs> All right, for my kids, there's my dad joke. <laughs> Millions of people unemployed across this great nation, and Monty wants to be a comedian. I'm a, I, I got to tell you, I am the A1 leader of dad jokes, so there you go. There's mine for the week. <laughs> so what, I, what did you I, give it on your rating? I gave this three red vines. Three? Okay, I didn't hate. I didn't hate it. I thought it was innovative. It, it, but you're not going to go watch it again. Our fan, not on television. I want no. No. Yeah. Um, our fans will realize that if a movie gets me to think about stuff, or I learn something, right? It it, it gets a couple of extra credit points. And I didn't know all that personal drama with Hamilton, and the oh, sisters both having a crush on him, and the affair he had, and he published it, and all that. Again, I didn't hate it, um, but it's it's one that was meh. It'll get three red vines. I see, and and I again. I'll go back. I'll watch it again. I'll watch it again. I found myself singing and dancing to it, not physically dancing, but singing to it. Well, then I think <laughs> I think you should rent that that Hamilton costume for Halloween. But you have to make sure that all of your trick or treating is done in dance and song. So when you show up at the house to get your your Snickers bars, you've got to say trick or treat and do a little <laughs> dance number at every house because there was no dialogue in this movie. True. Okay, so next review, I'm going to, through our, our next review that our fans picked, I'm just going to sing my review. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is where this mute button on my headset will come in very handy. So you don't hear me guffawing and falling out of my song, out of my chair. The next movie we do have to what talk if, about What is, if Will Smith wrapped himself through Independence Day? Would you like it <laughs> He well, well, we'll get we'll get to we'll get to Will Smith, I'm sure. But okay, what we're going to talk about next is the real fans movie of the week, Independence Day, directed and written by Roland Emmerich, along with writing and production by Dean Devlin. This movie had an all-star cast that included Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, uh, Vivica A. Fox. Randy Quaid, Randy, <laughs> Margaret Collin, who I remember from my from her right. days on As the World Turns, uh, Harry Connick Jr. Love him, a very young Harry Connick Jr. Judd Hirsch, Robert Loja, 
There he and, is. And Robert Loja. Bill Pullman as the president. <laughs> what do you think? Don't What'd you, you think he talked this way the entire movie? Yes, he was very dramatic through this film, wasn't he? Like, it wasn't very it, dramatic. It, well, it was. It was very. It was very hor- It. He needed a a sore throat lozenge through the entire movie. <laughs> and and well, I was expecting. Maybe he was trying out for Batman. <laughs> it it could very well have been. So, how many times does an actor get to save the world from not only aliens, but also be a part of the guys that save the world from dinosaurs. Right. Mr. Mr. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I I look at, I, I, this movie was fun to watch. It's fun. It's, it's not a highly rated film in my book. Um, No, you know, but the, the actors, you know, Judd Hirsch playing Julius Livingston was Livingston, which was Jeff Goldblum's dad. Um, you know, I, I, it's hard. I see him playing the, the Jewish father very well. And he's, he's, you know, he's got everything down, but at the same time, I see him from taxi, you know? Um, sure. So, so in, uh, Robert Loja, I just love that name playing general William Gray. Um, and he's played in so many different movies um, that I just absolutely love w- watching him. And he was my favorite in this. He, my favorite movie he's ever done was Big. Uh, or, yeah, Big. Uh, right. With uh, Tom Hanks. But I just love Robert Loja. And, and we got some wonderful years out of him. But uh, hey, don't forget. Don't forget that that Robert Loja was Frank Lopez in my favorite movie of all time, Scarface. Oh, that's right. That's right. I remember that. And again, With that uh, authentic Cuban actor. accent. <laughs> <laughs> did you? I didn't. I mean, did you mention Vivica A. Fox in this? Yes, as I well? did. Did you? Okay, I'm gonna make sure. Yes, I did. Those, there were some really good names in this. So you go back. I mean, there's some really good. Uh, you know, even um, you know Harvey uh, Harvey Harvey uh, 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 Fierstein playing Marty Gilbert. Uh, oh yes. You know you you know you talked about Margaret. Uh, James uh, Redhorn uh, playing Albert Nimsky, who he played that role perfectly. I keep couldn't yeah, remember from the it. James C. McGinley uh, school of roles, right? <laughs> yes, he just pulls right out in there. And um, Harry Connick Jr. playing Captain Jimmy Wilder, and he's uh, he, I, you know. So if you were thinking about having a movie, you know, you could have had Will Smith rap and Harry Connick Jr. sing. I actually like Kerry Connick Jr. as an actor. I think he's done some really good stuff. Um, I agree with that. I, 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 think, Bell, I, mean, I thought he played great, well in there. Great crooner. He's an, he's a great crooner. He's a great mm. singer for sure. But I, I think he's done very well in yeah. some of the movies that he's done. Who played the doctor? I couldn't remember the one with the curly hair that gets killed by the alien. The Sam Kinison lookalike. Yes. Um, and I couldn't. Oh. The Sam Kinison hair. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I have it here somewhere. I looked and I couldn't find him. Was that? No. See, he's Brent not. Spiner. There he is. Okay. Dr. Brakish Akun. So he kind of played that a little off for me. So, um, Here's the thing that I, I pulled out of this. I enjoyed it. For a movie made in 1996, the special effects were okay in certain parts. The part where they're showing the ship, great special effects. Had very similarities to uh, the outside when they're panning over. You're seeing it, and you're kind of thinking, that's kind of like the how they did Star Wars. They did a great job on that. 
then they go on the inside of the mothership and it's kind of reminds me aliens. So I was, I had a little bit of, of that, my, the explosions of the city started off well when they did the close up version of the explosions while they're running through the tunnel, like Vivica Fox, that looked cheesy. Um, but again, 1996, um, that's 25 years ago. Okay. So let me ask this question. I, this is going to blow. Think about this. They can master space flight. They have, these shields around the mothership they have shields around their own little tiny airships that are flying around but will smith can knock an alien out with one punch yeah i didn't understand that so that they need part, a, they need to upload a virus to to, <laughs> to get but you could have taken them all out if they're just in a number of fist fights coordinated <laughs> that part bothered me now it it had some heart a uh, heart tail uh you know uh, heartwarming things you have a friend that was told not to go to the top of the building she went on top of the building she blew up you have the president's wife die uh and he's basically you know that was and, rough yeah that was rough kids a little, kid, really little kid involved in that that made it tough um kirsten warren who played uh tiffany who we've seen her in you know buying centennial man and desperate housewives uh 13 going on 30 um, you know, she's done the thinning. She's done some great movies. She was the one that passed away on top of the building. Um, that was, so you see friends dying in this, um, you know, coworkers that had acting, you know, it wasn't just nobodies that they killed off in this movie. So I give them a little respect for that because you see that a few times in, in, in back in those days that all the main cast would survive. For example, you know, some of the Star Wars movies, you know, five out of the six main cast members lived, you know, it just never here. They killed off a few. So um, I thought that was, you know, Randy Quaid, you know, uh, cousin Eddie flying himself into the ship and, and saving the world. Um, so, you know, the movie itself, it's entertaining. Would I go and say, oh, this is on my July 4th bucket list every year? No, absolutely not. Now, this is one of those that if it's on, TNT uh, on a Saturday afternoon when it's 105 degrees out and you, you catch part of it. Mm -hmm. This is when I'm watching a movie like this. It, it, it's, it, it is a feel good story about the 4th of July because this all happens over the course of three days, July 2nd, 3rd and 4th. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought I agree with you. The special effects for, for being 25 years old, were pretty decent for yeah. for that period of time. They could have passed for today. Uh, I think my number one feel good part of this movie was the interaction and the relationship between Judd Hirsch and Jeff Goldblum as father son. Uh, I thought that was very very heartwarming. Um, there were some things about the movie, some some factoids uh, or subplots that I didn't really need. Mm -hmm. Did did Jasmine really need to be a stripper? That didn't make sense either, except for the fact that he couldn't get into NASA, supposedly, if he was going to marry a stripper, which was said to him by Harry Connick Jr., who died in the movie, uh, <laughs> which sucked, especially Will Smith yelling, Jimmy, Jimmy, you know, and he boom, he blows up. I mean, right. uh, just, just so you know, guys, uh, we're doing a quick live video of Rod and I doing this podcast today. So right now, Rod, you are live on Facebook. All right. Hello, so. Facebook. <laughs> Hello, real fans. Real fans. 
Um, so, but back to the movie, I think I do believe that, uh, you know, there's, it's just the plot line of that part didn't need to be this. She didn't need to be a stripper. And, you know, did they really need to kill the first lady too? Again, they killed off off a lot. I liked her as an actress too. I thought she, Oh, I do too. I do too. Very well. She wasn't, she didn't have a major role in the film and they, they killed her. And they were killing a whole bunch of other people at the same time, and yeah, in, right. including, you know, Russell Case, good old cousin Eddie, sacrificing cousin Eddie. himself for the for the betterment of his kids. But let me let me ask you a question. See if you get the same feeling that I did okay. about what this movie represents over kind of a, a long history, right? Okay. See if you can follow me along. This movie to me felt a lot like Men in Black meets alien mm-hmm. meet meets close encounters of the third kind did you see the lights going up with a helicopter like they were going to do close encounters of the third right. kind right i think they peeled away from other movies too much and maybe the men in black references because you know will smith was was in that one as well and there are a lot of similarities in terms of battling the aliens Mm-hmm. Um, but your your apps your your take is completely correct. It's a fun movie. It, it, it's a yeah. fun movie to watch. I'm not going to turn it off if there's nothing else to watch that day, or I'm flipping channels. But I'm not going to look for it. And again, it goes to your plot lines, like we talk about. You can't just punch a guy with a right cross, an alien that's five times bigger than you. That's like Sigourney Weaver. Instead of beating the alien in the construction robot that she was on in the spaceship, in 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 that one, it would be like her just walking up and slapping the alien and, and the alien falling down. Because you remember, after he punched him, he carried or dragged him in his parachute. Uh, parachute, God knows right. how long. So three miles. Yeah. So it, it's just it, it's stuff like that. It just kind of like, come on, if you want this movie to hit a little bit harder to home where you think this stuff could really happen and that make, you know, cause everybody watches these movies, all your conspiracy theories that ever post anything on Facebook about spaceships um, is, is looking at this like that. And I can't, I, to me, it, it, there's just, you know, and then all of a sudden a crop duster can fly a freaking high tech, airplane but multi-millionaire but he almost launched airplane. he almost launched a missile before he even got the thing up in the air so <laughs> and know, then it, it just happens an me. and it just so happens oh i know what you're gonna say next i think what i was yeah. just saying it just so happens that his missile gets stuck and he's the last one with a missile and my other thing too is do we've seen top gun which we'll talk about shortly yes but I didn't know you had to yell Fox fire one or whatever for every time you want to shoot a damn missile. Well, and how, and how plausible is it that the president of the United States, regardless of his military background is going to jump in the plane and, and, and lead the brigade against the aliens. Well, he I'm, is. I'm sitting there going, well, who's the vice president who takes over or is, does Robert Loggia suddenly become <laughs> right. president? Well, I th- maybe Bill Pullman did his his deep voice for Robert Lotion. Ah, you know, I, I was President more, Thomas Whitmore. Also. I was I was more jealous of President Whitmore's hair in that movie. Oh, he's, he's, 
he's got it down. Oh my, he's, he's got, got that newscaster hair big time. I was totally jealous of that. Uh, Bill Pullman, you know, he's he's a hell of an actor. You got to love the stuff that he's done. But this isn't his only space movie. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. Are you serious? You don't yeah. know this one? You don't know his other space movie where he was a well-known top pilot wanted for hire? Oh. And in Mel Brooks' Space yeah. Balls. <laughs> That's not a space movie. Oh it's in the title, Space Balls. That doesn't mean it's a space movie. So my theory is <laughs> after he saved the world, he re after his four years of being president, he got into his RV, had it modified, and he took off and he became Spaceballs. And, and that's the part, that's the crossover oh. right there. He played Lone Star. We, <laughs> I think we're going right. to have to, we're going to have to have a, a Mel Brooks uh, uh, weekend at some point in time if we continue to. Did you, did you like my text and post about Blazing Saddles though? Oh, of course. <laughs> seven minutes long <laughs> sorry we'll we're not gonna get into that but you know a fun weekend um what did you what did you rate independence day we're getting sidetracked we need to digress here <laughs> i i i rank this as three red vines all right i'm gonna go star power storyline was okay okay good guys win uh cousin eddie saves the planet world nation, all right whatever I'm going to go with – I've been torn, really. I wrote down two. I wrote two and a half. You're, I wrote putting, three. you're putting way too much thought into this. This movie, you're, two, you're two point five or three. Because I don't want to take away the fact that it was a fun film. But at the same time, I didn't think President Lone Star played the role very well. This is probably one of his swinger misses in this um, because he played this from beginning to end overly dramatic. So – I, it knocks it down. And again, there's so much of inconsistency in the plot line. I, I'm going to have to go with my initial gut and go with two and a half popcorns that are kind of stale. And I really didn't want to have another bite. So again, entertaining, but not entertaining enough. Hey, where can you get really good movie popcorn? Drive-in theater, my friend. Ah, Hmm. It's like how I segued that right there. Yeah, it is. There it is. And we could have segwayed our Top Gun too. Oh, we so, could have. That's yes. right. I uh, with this art too for our real fans, and I love saying that now that you keep bringing that out. Um, tomorrow, uh, our my movie to review, or tonight, excuse me. Um, so we will for next week. I'm going to review my movie Top Gun tonight at the Lake Elsinore Storm Drive In pop-up drive-in they've done so since there's no minor league baseball they've turned the stadium into a drive-in theater whether it's in the parking lot or on the field i don't know um but i'm going to go there tonight and hopefully you can join us if you can um it'll be it looks like to you know something to do and and get out of the house and get a chance to review a movie interestingly enough we have the same phenomenon not phenomenal i think we got through a podcast without using the word phenomenal during movies well, not now <laughs> uh, that ruined it. 
but in, in it, we have the same phenomenon going here and going on in South Orange County. There are some equestrian fields, horse fields, mm-hmm. uh, in San Juan Capistrano that are doing the same thing a couple of nights a week. We found out about it earlier this week, uh, and in fact, we we missed seeing the movie The Goonies on Wednesday, which I really wish we would have been able to to, to go to, but. We've decided that on Sunday night, we are going to go to the pop-up drive-in and see one of my top 10 movies of all time, the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory featuring Mel Brooks' fave, Gene Wilder. Wilder. Uh, We're going to see that on Sunday night. So uh, given our real fans the opportunity to possibly see a drive-in movie of their own or a movie that they may have seen at the drive-in in the past. We're going to put a poll up a little bit later today with four choices of movies you'd like for us to review. Pick one only, please, mm. that are on this top list of 100 drive-in theater movies that IMDb came up with. We scanned the list a little bit earlier, and, and we'll pick some for you all to choose from but that'll give us a, a third movie to, to take a peek at. So next week, Top Gun, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and another fantastic drive-in movie theater movie. Well, I, I'm looking forward to it because this is gonna be, I've seen Top Gun a million times. Um, when I first seen it, you know, I went out and bought the flight jacket and the, uh, the glasses. Um, and I, but I see it. I saw it as a walk-in. I've never seen this movie at a drive-in, so this will be interesting to see it at a drive-in. Uh, same thing for Willy Wonka. If I get that opportunity on Sunday, I'll let you know. But um, uh, you know, I think to see it at that level, I think it's going to make this a little bit different for for us, and we're going to see it in a new light. And memo to Disney Plus: You might have been able to do the same sort of thing with <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> oh. Sincerely, Rod Hurt. Well, my our fans, thank you guys. Uh, I enjoyed. I have a good week. I loved it. I love the movies. They were fun to review. So hopefully next they week. They absolutely were. Fine. No Mickey no Mickey awards this week. Uh, let's hope that we can go two weeks in a row without a stinker for sure. Well, I think the following week we need to talk. I think we need to add all new movies because, you know, something that people haven't seen yet. And I was thinking that we'll do that after the following week. And the timing of it, I think, is perfect because what I read last night is that there are some movies that are going to roll in right. to different video platforms that we'll be able to, to to take a peek at. I've got, I'll save my suggestion and choice for when we are on air next week, Absolutely. but uh, I look forward to doing this drive-in thing since it seems to be yes. so popular, yes. and it does get us out of the house a little bit, for sure. So, but one of the drive-in theater movies can't be great, Stranded at a Drive-In. <laughs> Branded a fool. <laughs> I okay, sorry. <laughs> with with the exception of uh, the bar scene in Top Gun, where there's some singing oh, and some Willy Wonka Boston. singing in in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. There's a few in there. Yeah, we're going to take a little bit of a break <laughs> from all the singing and the dancing over the next few weeks. People are going to make fun of us because it seems like we keep going back to dancing and singing. <laughs> Well, I After can't a whole thing with with uh, dirty dancing and all of those, and now we're you know got away from it until then we went back on stage. So people are going to start thinking that <laughs> we have well, some sort of love for them. I think we're then we're going to have to pick some 
some dirty hairy movies or a Stallone movie or you know something to reinforce the fact that we too can talk like Bill Pullman when he's the president of the United States. Then it went more, aka Lone Star. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for participating in the podcast. We are two real reviewers. Hear you next week. <laughs>